Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hope Church. If we have not yet had the opportunity to meet, my name is Mark. I'm the pastor here, and I'm thrilled to see each and every one of you here this morning, uh, braving the really first blast of winter it feels like we're getting. But hey, God's love is warm. Amen? Amen. Hey, if this is uh, your first time here, a very warm and special welcome to you as well. I would encourage everybody now, if you happen to have your Hope Church Plus app handy, uh, or you can download that. There's information on the back of the info guide for how to do that, as well as the, the sermon notes are an insert in your info guide if you want to grab those. This would be a good time to do it. But today we are observing Orphan Sunday in the life of the church. This is a Sunday that is set aside annually to help us think about the plight and the cause of the fatherless or the familyless, the orphan. Uh, one of the things that we will see as we go through this message that uh, we all are orphans in one way or another. Some of us physically, some of us from a family point of view, but all of us from a spiritual point of view. But there's great hope and promise that comes to the scripture. Amen? So let's dig in and see what that has to say for us today. John 14, 
verses 15 through 21, reading this morning from the New King James Version, and the words are going to be on the screen. These are words from Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. And that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is God's word for God's people. So give thanks to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Jesus promised that he will not leave us as orphans. This is precisely why we observe and we recognize Orphan Sunday. Because all of us who have experienced separation from God, and since we all have sin in our lives, we all have experienced separation from God, Jesus promised that he's going to come and no longer leave us as orphans. In other words, we have the ability to get and to stay connected with God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what he's talking about. We're going to unpack that a good bit as we go through the message this morning. But Jesus is promising us that we are not going to experience some of that separation from God that has been harming and hurting souls as a result of our sin. Now, the video that we used, which featured people who had experienced living life as an orphan, talked about how experiencing the power of adoption has given them a sense of belonging, right? A sense of value and a sense of meaning in life. One of the things that strikes me about people who live and experience life as orphans is those are things that they, they don't quite get. They don't quite understand. They don't quite feel. I remember the experience that Tiffany and I went through when we adopted our daughter Mia. And how in the beginning we were thinking, you know, hey, this is for us. It's for our family. But it did not take long until we realized we were living in a lab of attachment disorder uh, that it really was about her. It really was about the value that that one individual had. If you haven't heard me a story, I'll share a video a little bit later on uh, today through social media. But uh, she was discarded either at or in a dumpster after she was born. She had tremendous special needs and she was thrown away. And we adopted her. We welcomed her into our family and we gave her her first name even, right? Because we don't oftentimes think about it, but names are one of the first gifts that parents give to their children she didn't have a name she had a designation her name was the last name of the police officer that found her in the city in which she was born that was how she was known and we gave her her name and her name had meaning it meant dear little one and so we think about the transformation that happens in a person's life when they realize they are chosen they are wanted they are loved and then when we arrived at the airport Hartsfield Jackson the adoption agency presented a shirt on the back that said chosen and her first orphan Sunday she wore that shirt emblazoned upon her back because she was indeed chosen you see that's just one little nugget about the whole experience that we went through that we enjoyed that we endured 
I'm going to shut it down right now. No, I still got things to say, Lord. But, but, but what it does is it helps us remember that we all feel as though we don't belong, that we may not have value, that we may be trash. But the scripture tells us and promises us and our experiences only go to reinforce that, that we are not trash. We are treasure. We are treasured so much that the Holy Son of God would die on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin, to remove the separation into which you are living, and he would rather have taken the nails and the crucifixion cross than the thought of an eternity without you in it. That's the love that God has for you. And that's why on a Sunday like today, the second November Sunday, we observe Orphan Sunday because we recognize that at any particular point in time in the world, there are over 150 million orphans. And right now it's got to be even higher because of what's happened due to uh, COVID restrictions and lockdowns all over the world that have prevented some of the countries with the deepest uh, numbers of orphans to receive the love and the help of a forever family. We've got to keep the plight of the orphan in front of us because of what Christ did for us, the gift that he is for us and what he calls and commands of us. What is that commandment? It's to love, right? Christ's command is to love. In John chapter 13, verse 35, we read these words of Jesus. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People will know that you are a disciple of Jesus if you have love for one another. Now, let's first look at that word disciple. Now, what immediately comes to mind when you think about the word disciple? A follower. Exactly right. Thank you. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Following Jesus, right? But the word disciple, it does mean follower, but it also has a verb type definition and connotation. It means to come alongside. So, as we are following Jesus, the idea of being a disciple means that we are to come alongside others and show who it is that we follow, right? So we follow Jesus and we show our love for God and other people based on who it is that we follow and how we come alongside one another. Coming alongside one another is the next part of this, is that we show our love not just by coming alongside one another, but in the things that we do when we do come alongside one another. So if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, it's a two-pronged commitment. One is you're going to commit your life to following Jesus. And the other part of that, the action part beyond just following Jesus, is to come alongside others that he is leading you alongside to follow. Now, Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 when he talked about discipleship in the face of difficulty. Discipleship and difficulties. Even when we come upon hard times, we are still called to follow Jesus. All too often when we experience difficulty, one of our natural inclinations is, first of all, to think that we've done something wrong, or that maybe this whole God thing isn't real, which isn't the case at all. But it's to keep moving. One of the things I love to say, particularly people going through crisis, Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and then quoting Sir Winston Churchill on the backside of that, if you're going through hell, keep going, right? Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep moving. 
This is the idea of discipleship. In difficult times, if you are experiencing difficulty in your life, continue to follow and walk with Jesus. But the other side of that is, is that what we will realize is that we are not called to keep our experiences unto self. We are to come alongside someone else and help them to see that they need not walk alone. Orphans, whether it's in the physical or the spiritual sense, feel as though they are alone. Feel as though they are not loved. They do not belong. They do not have value. We are called as followers of Jesus, the noun, to also put it into action and to come alongside others. Friends, this is why Hope Church supports ministries that reach into those who are experiencing orphan or orphan-like conditions in their life, in their world. Thank you for those of you who were wearing the, the Mia tees today. This is an artwork that uh, Mia drew herself before she passed away, and then our son Ethan designed this into a t-shirt. We do have some limited sizes of the navy ones uh, at the table or the counter in the, in the um, lobby area. And so if anyone hasn't had an opportunity to pick up a shirt, want to get one, uh, we've discounted them down to $20 today. So you can pick up a Navy one. And I'll be uh, I'll be sure to pass along information how you can pick up some of the newer designs uh, through the Live 2540 uh, website. So, but thank you for doing that. We also, as we support Live 2540, one of our major missions and ministries that carries out through the entire year is Christmas for Cameroon. This is providing Christmas gifts and education materials and hygiene supplies for children who are living in orphanages in Cameroon, Africa, due to the violence and the poverty and the famine that's there. And we do this practically year-round, right? Right now, the toys are getting prepared uh, to be distributed among the orphanages that we help to serve in Cameroon through the Emmanuel Project, which is spearheaded by our own Emmanuel Fongi. We collect the toys usually in the, in the summertime. They're delivered and distributed were shipped in August, and then in the, right before Christmas, they're sent to the orphanages, and we have a, a fundraising program early in the year to help raise the money necessary for that. These, this year, we've done two with the Hope and Hot Rods. All the proceeds from Hope and Hot Rods go to help support our care for orphans in Cameroon. Another big one that we help support, which is going to be coming up here in the next week or so, is our Murphy Harpst Christmas program. Murphy Harpst is a group home for children. Generally, either they are older or they have specific needs, whether it's behavioral, uh, physical, medical, things like that, that make it difficult, if almost not impossible, for them to be into a foster home. And so we provide hope and care for Murphy Harps by doing Christmas. Our student ministry went out there back in the um, late spring, early summer uh, to do a field day and have games and activities for the kids to give them some sense of normalcy that tells them that they belong, that they have value, that they are chosen by God. This is why orphan care is so critically important. And we see it lived out in Jesus' commands. That we are to be his disciples. We are to be his followers. And then as we follow, we are deployed to come alongside people who are in the depths of despair and say, there is hope and there is help for you. And that is how we show our love of God in the way that we love God's children. Friends, it gives me chills to think about. So think about how we are at work as a church, and what can you do individually to help make sure that the work of loving God and loving all of God's children is carried out? Because we've got to live the command. We've got to live the command. That's the second point today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, 
It says, help carry one another's burdens, and in this way, you will obey the law of Christ. We have to live the command, which is to love, right? But there's an operative word in there. It, it rhymes with bay. Can you imagine what it is? Obey. That's exactly right. I wasn't making it difficult for you. But it's talking about obeying the law of Christ. So there's another active component that's involved and engaged with the way that we see and experience the call that Christ gives us to love and to help other people live into that. And that is what? It's obedience. It's obedience. Now, this is a word that particularly in our modern day nomenclature gets a lot of, it gets a lot of bad raps. But we are called to obey the word and law of Christ. Why does it get a bad rap? Because we have this oppressive view of what obedience means. That obedience is like shaking our finger or talking down to somebody. No. God looks at obedience and discipline and things like this in terms of how we are molding and shaping our lives to live more according to the way that he wants us to live. The scripture is full, and I mean absolutely full, mind-bogglingly full, of what happens when people decide to go with their own thoughts and wants and perceived needs as opposed to that which the scripture lays out. I've been going back through the Bible uh, since mid-October. I went through the New Testament, did it twice, and then I said, you know what, I need to go back through the Old Testament. And I'm doing this through an audio Bible. Uh, I talk about how I am addicted to podcasts, and, and I am. And so I'm using this as kind of a, a transitional housing, so to speak, to break me of my... <laughs> it's okay to laugh at that. Anyway, to, to break me of my podcast itch. And so I started listening to the Bible. And one of the things that struck me throughout uh, my going through the New Testament, now in the Old Testament, is how frequently God's people would think they had it all together, and then they would get so proud of themselves and so fat and so happy. And as I call it Jack Thumb theology, you know, you stick in your thumb and pull out a palm and say, my, what a good boy am I. That we've been prone to this ever since we've been on the earth. And I'm talking about humanity for thousands of years. The Old Testament is full of those stories. Go back and read the Kings about how so-and-so was a good king. And then people would get convinced of their own goodness and they would begin to go and drift their own way. And then calamity would fall and strike and God would pass judgment and it would take time for people to come back and realize, you know what, I've been going my way, I've been going God's way. And the calamities that result when we seek to do our own thing as opposed to going God's way. And there are even times when people had completely and totally forgotten about God. And you would think that that would be the end of the movement. But no, God miraculously still has a way to shine that light in the darkness. It's because, hallelujah, music's playing from the heavens telling us and reminding us we got to be obedient to who God is and what he's asking us to do. And so may we be obedient and realize that God's power, God's life, God's light is going to continuously break through and show us the way. But it happened when Christ was born that he broke into history and said, I'm going to show you how to follow me and what it means to come alongside other people. But I need you to obey the teachings. These aren't for my benefit, Jesus speaking, but for yours to try to prevent the calamity, the chaos, the things that happen when we go after our own carnal wants and needs and desires. Obey 
the law of Christ. We fear that these laws are meant to oppress us. They are meant to protect us and to show us what it means to follow God and to come alongside someone else. This is what it means to live the command. And we, when we commit our lives to doing so, we are helping to fulfill that law. So it's a constant, active, everyday thing. And so the next thing that we see is that we have to be mindful of those who are the most vulnerable. And we read, we hear, no orphans. No orphans. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. Isaiah is actually where I am in the Bible right now, uh, where I was reading this morning or listening, as it were. This is what the prophet Isaiah says. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Now, this section of Isaiah chapter 1 is speaking and proclaiming calamity because of what happened when God's people did not obey the law. When they went their own ways and what ended up happening when they saw their culture and they saw their community completely disintegrate in front of them. And then part of the call to begin to get things brought back in check is what we read in Isaiah 117. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Now, much like the experience of the child that we adopted from China, in Old Testament times, those who were not married or in a family were the most vulnerable of all because they did not have that birthright, so to speak, to live into or a family name to be connected to. And so the scripture gives us this command to help the burdens that people who are most vulnerable feel with the call that we are to help take up the cause of the fatherless or the familyless, as it were. Plead the case of the widow. Take up the cause and the case of those who are most vulnerable. I think if this were being written in our day and age, the preborn would be put on that list as well. To take up the cause of those who cannot speak up for themselves, who cannot defend themselves, who cannot stand up for themselves. And we as God's people are called to do these things, right? To learn to do right. Why? Because our inclination is to do wrong. To seek justice. Our concept of justice has to do with punishment. God's is to make whole. To defend the oppressed. To take up the cause of those who do not have a family. And to plead the care, the case of the widow. And to stand up for the most vulnerable. And this is why we have Orphan Sunday, to remind us of what it is that we are called to do, to live into God's love, to live because of God's love. And the way that we live as a result of God's love helps to take up the cause of those who cannot defend themselves, those who are most vulnerable. It can be heavy at times, but here is the eternal promise that has changed everything. We don't have to do this under our own power. Isn't that good news? Because Jesus said he is going to send us a helper. 
We know this helper as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Some people refer to it as the Holy Ghost. I remember one time when I was doing youth ministry, someone asked me, Pastor Martin, do you believe in ghosts? I believe in the Holy Ghost. All the other ones don't matter to me. I do kind of like Casper. But that's kind of aging me, I guess. Still, the Holy Ghost. Now, the thing that's interesting, when you look at the screen there, you'll see that the word parakletos is the Greek word for helper. The thing that is kind of difficult in the way that English and Greek work together is that there is no direct translatable word in English that corresponds to the Greek parakletos. And so we get helper, helper. We get comforter, right? We get some of these uh, counselors, another one of those words that we see can kind of mean what the Holy Spirit means. But the definition of it, as you see down there in the brackets, is one who was called in for a purpose. One who was called in for a purpose. And this is what the Holy Spirit is about. When we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes, as Jesus said, and we read it in our text, to come and to live within us. To take up residence in our heart and our mind and our soul and to be the force that directs us. We oftentimes see Holy Spirit as a metaphor for wind and water. Last week, in anticipation for this message, I was praying, God, help us. To see your momentum. To allow our sails to catch your wind. And our body to catch the wave. And a pretty astonishing thing happened. I was driving down 92, passing the middle school. And although I should have remembered, I haven't written it down, but I'm not looking at my notes right now. It was talking about how the process is what's important. And it occurred to me that my focus had been on the sail or the hull, not the wind and the wave. You see, friends, the way that the Holy Spirit is described, He is the wind. That our cells catch. He is the wave that our holes ride. We think about the effect of what happens with something like a sail or a ship, but the reality is, is that we have to tune our lives into the movement of the wind and the water. And Jesus talked about this when he talked about the Holy Spirit in terms of the wind when he's talking to Nicodemus. He says, so often you want to be able to say, oh, there it is, or there it is. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can see how the sails billow. You can see how the tree limbs shake and the leaves rattle and rustle. When our focus is primarily on the wind, or sorry, on the sail, or the ship, or the hull, we miss the movement of what God is doing with the breath, the wind, and the wave of the water. We need to change our approach. We need to shift our perspective from the sail to the wind, from the hull to the wave, and invite the Holy Spirit 
to come in for purpose. One who was called in for purpose. David, also I'm going to brag on you for a minute. David was the agent that helped us sell our house in Cartersville and buy our house here in Dallas, but primarily I'm thinking in terms of selling the house in Cartersville. COVID time, we had never even really met face-to-face, and we called David in, help us. With so much uncertainty in the world and the market, help us figure out how we can move our house. Not physically, but you know, move. And David came in, he said, you know, this is good, that's not so good, you want to do this, you want to do that, da 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 Some of it, we were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Some were like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I really like that stain on the rug. I mean, it's, But you know, the thing is, is that as I was thinking about and studying in terms of someone who was invited in for a purpose, that experience of going through trying to sell a house really resonated with me. Because when we invite the Holy Spirit in for a purpose, Holy Spirit's going to come in and perform a purpose. Show us the areas that need to be cleaned, the areas that need to be cleared of clutter, the areas that need to be corrected and repaired. And some of the stuff we're not going to like. Some of it's because we're lazy. Some of it's because we're tied to the messes that we've made. And some of it we just don't even want to acknowledge that there's a problem there in the first place. But when we invite the Holy Spirit in for a purpose, the Holy Spirit is going to fulfill a purpose to help us get our life right. And so often we want to just... Give up the Holy Spirit all the power, but without relinquishing any of our control. And so to use my ship metaphor, we have to think of the Holy Spirit kind of like a captain. Kind of the captain of a ship. Who has the, the long-range view. Who knows the course. Who knows what's going to happen. But we all have a role and a task to perform and to play while we are on that ship. The Holy Spirit is our captain. And the Holy Spirit performs these roles, so to speak. The captain of our ship. The Holy Spirit comforts us in the storms. The paraclete. The paracletos comes to comfort us in the storms. The Holy Spirit comes to give us courage when we are afraid. The Holy Spirit comes to give us courage when we are afraid. The Holy Spirit comes to help us cope with our troubles to cope with our troubles to find the strength to do with them to correct us when we are wrong that's one we don't always like to admit but to correct us when we are wrong and to connect us with others so think about this metaphor of the holy spirit as the captain of the ship as the ship itself and the wind that propels the ship. And think about this metaphor for how it works as it breathes and it finds form and function in our lives. We invite him in. Say, direct me for your purpose to be a disciple, to follow G, to be a Jesus follower, but also to come alongside others. To know that command of Christ is to love, to live into that command by helping other people fulfill their burdens and to stand up and to take up the cause of those who are most vulnerable. And then we can find that the Holy Spirit is comforting us when the storms rage. To give us courage when we are afraid. Not to remove the fear, but to help us steal our spine in the midst of it. 
to help us cope with our problems, our troubles, to know that there even is purpose in suffering, believe it or not, to correct us when we're wrong, when we have made the right, the wrong step or the wrong decision to correct us, but to keep us connected with others, including God and God's self. This is how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives, to comfort, to give courage, to help us cope, to correct us when we're wrong, and to connect us with others. All of this on Orphan Sunday, to show us that Jesus' commandment is to love, to live into that love, and to stand up and take up the cause of those who are most vulnerable, to comfort, to encourage, to help cope, to correct, and to connect. And so here now is the invitation. That if you have yet to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and open up your heart and your life to the movement of the Spirit, the wind and the wave, not just the sail and the hull, let this moment be your moment to ask Christ into your life and to feel him blow his Holy Spirit into your existence. To convict you of your wrongdoings and how we need that love of God to help us live into it, to enable us and empower us to do the things that we are called to do, to love God and to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. So accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Perhaps you got on that path days or decades ago and got off somewhere along the way. And there's fear about trying to get back in. What if God doesn't want you back? Oh, banish that thought. Jesus died for that. Jesus died for you. And so Jesus wants to welcome you back into that path and to blow his Holy Spirit wind and to push the Holy Spirit wave to be the movement for your life. Or if you're just trying to figure out about this whole Jesus thing, I want you to know that there's an invitation for you in that as well. So much of what it is that we do, we believe, comes down to this idea of the invitation. Jesus says, come. Come to me. Come away with me. Let me give you my rest and help you recover your soul. So hear the invitation of Jesus. Heed the invitation of Jesus and allow it to change who you are from the inside out this day and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.